on this episode of Industry Relations, we have, I think, one of the most important conversations about the future of online real estate. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is Rob Hahn, obviously, and my co-host, Greg Robertson, entering the photo. We Hello. didn't do casual Hola, Friday Rob. today. Hola, Hola, how are you? All right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, your uniform is on, I could see, but uh, I, I went with pink. Right, so that no, we doesn't, contrast. The, the pink hue doesn't really show up on camera as well as I know it, it would. So yeah, that's true. But you know, real men wear pink, so I'm a, yeah. I'm a roll with that. But uh, you look w- well rested. You look tanned because I understand uh, we're going to get into this. But uh, you were at a at an event this week. That, that's right. Um, it was a, kind of a local event. It was out in Palm Springs, so I enjoyed just having to drive out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it was kind of interesting, like. You know, with the pandemic and then the office closing and things like that, I, you know, I don't really drive that much. And, you know, just having like an hour and a half drive, you know, listening to music and a couple podcasts, not ours. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, not having to deal with, with uh, airports yeah, and all that stuff and just arriving at the event. Um, the event was held in Palm Springs. It was called Inman Connect. Yeah, it was uh, held at the Parker Hotel there, which is lovely, gorgeous property. Yep, and um, I'm not sure about rested because it was, you know, I didn't go big on the first night, but uh, man, I was. You went was, hard. You went big. I went big on the next <laughs> night for sure. So <laughs> you I, got I to, needed a day recovery after driving. You know, it took me two hours to get home for various reasons. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, great event. Um, it's the second time I've gone to it um luckily i had a kind of a holdover ticket from that we bought last in, in 2020 that got canceled and um no i it's one of my favorite events of all uh, of all of them and uh, yeah. a great time yeah how many people about would you say oh gosh um i don't know i mean probably i'm probably bad at guessing things uh, you know over 100 i don't know if about 200 but over 100 but still relatively small. We're not talking thousands. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, they, they keep it small. It's like it's it's supposed to be an invite-only kind of yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so what'd you hear? You disconnected? I and, disconnected. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's a cool event. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think it, the premise that I think that they put together, Brad puts together, I'm, I'm assuming, is that what they like to do is that like to ask a big question, right? And it's... You know, the questions can be ridiculous in a sense, right? But it's a big question. And, and then break it down into things. So the big question for the event is like, what is real estate going to be like in 2030, right? Which is, you know, oh, a God. huge topic that oh, God. Know, nobody can really answer. And then, But then they break it down into different things like, what is diversity in real estate going to look like in 2030? What is real estate dating oh, going to look like in 2030? So like different yeah. things below that. And the way they structure it is that the first night you have this welcome reception and they have a couple speakers and you do that. And then in the morning, everybody's divided up into different um, activities. Like there's a, uh, an architect, archaeological to no, ar- architectural tour that um, Picasso was hosting. Picasso yeah. was hosting, looking right. at some of the mid century architecture out there and some of their homes, uh, horseback riding, a Jeep riding um, nine holes of golf, uh, different things like that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, I was asked to moderate one of those, that you know, one of those questions, one of those activities, and it was Danae and I actually doing the nine holes of golf. Um, we were originally I found out on the hiking tour, and yeah. Danae had the fourth foresight to go. You know, we might want to switch us to something else besides hiking. We're better at golf than hiking. And I, <laughs> Danae, if you're listening, thank you so much for that. that was All so, right. Um, we did nine holes, and you know, I, I talked to my foursome while we were golfing, so that at the end we could have this discussion and sure. come up with what some predictions and say, you know, what that would be like. And I gotta say, everybody got caught up in the spirit of of what that was because we had really great discussions outside there, the pro shop, and the and on a couple tables out there with our, you know, yeah. with our iced teas and everything. And um, then we were then go back to the hotel. We had lunch. And then they had a, another um, another couple speakers there. Um, I forget his name, but another a writer from the Atlantic. 
and some others. And then they had their moderators of moderators of those events, uh, of those activities, I should say, go up on stage and kind of like reveal what their kind of conversation was like. So yeah. today and I, you know, um, put a list together. And basically, you know, we, we looked at things through, you know, as far as, you know, real estate data from, you know, three different lenses. Um, and we thought about commission compensation, commission compression, okay. and the fact that we think that that's going to happen and that definitely is going to affect real estate data. Although we didn't have some finite things other than just it had to be more efficient. Um, we talked about, you know, smart homes and the data that, that is going to be, you know, will be somehow aggregated over time. And that, that will be different. Uh, we talked about the idea of, you know, FinTech getting into and like, you know, it's not really, you know, housing becomes this category and you're going to go look for a house on some site and it's not really going to be, you know, it's going to be a mixture of like, you know, short-term, long-term rentals, purchase and, you know, co-ownership. Okay. And when you get to that kind of things, what, when that happens, what other kind of things are, are offshoots of that? Like for instance, you know, co-ownership with Picasso is something, but like if it becomes mainstream, then it's almost like you'll need an app or a, a place to, and I know that there's some out there that are kind of like this, but you'll need somewhere to go to find out um, people like you that want to co-own a house, maybe mm -hmm. not cohabitate, but you know, matching apps for those types of people. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, various types of things. So we, we kind of put those all on paper and kind of tag team on stage and, and gave our kind of predictions and, and had more conversation there. And, um, and you know, just followed the rest of the group um, of right. the other um, moderators on that. Right. And then, you know, the next day we followed up with more kind of one-on-one -on -one meetings where you could not, if you were in a group, you wanted, you were more curious about another group. You could, you know, sit in on those kind of salon style. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sense. And, you know, I, that's my element, man. I mean, just like <clears throat> how we get to talk about the things that we're passionate about. Yeah. And the, the Parker's a great place because they got, you walk around this kind of, you know, almost it's a, it's an enclosed jungle-ish. So it's out of the, yeah. a lot of it's out of the, the sun and they got a fire pit here. They got these cool chairs and nooks yep. and crannies here and, and uh food was great and drinks were flowing and you know and everybody was bullshitting and you know all the vendors were lying to each other it was you know it was a great <laughs> it was a, a typical and great event there yeah so uh give me your top three takeaways not just from your group but that you've heard you know yeah, 2030, i mean real estate 2030 top three takeaways from this yeah group. so i mean i i was kind of putting it into a little rhyme here i've written down here because i knew we were going to talk about it um the vibe was, you know, that, that, that I think the top, one of the top vibes was that the housing shortage was basically going to last until 2024. That's the kind of number we heard um, people were talking about, right? Um, the, other, the other thing is that, um, the way I have it written down here, um, the, the vibe was the housing shortage was going to last until 2024. Cash, cash is king and listings are gold, right? So, the cash is king's side is that a lot of people there, and this is kind of a little bit interesting because I haven't heard a lot of this, that um, that a lot of people there thought that in the future, it's all going to be cash buyers. Mm -hmm. So that could, you know, uh, you know, these power buyer things mm -hmm. would be the norm, right? And that, yes. that, that seemed to be a yes. Um, and then the other thing was um, listings are gold. I mean, it's just, it's so... Apparent. I mean, if you've got a listing, it's going to sell. Sure. And you know, everything is about getting a listing, right? And sure. And you know, the vendors are talking about like if you're going to an hours on market instead of a days on market, in a sense, right? <laughs> are are we prepared for that type of thing? Are there tools? I mean, do you need tools? Do you need to make a CMA? Do you need to, you know, do some 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 advertising or marketing? And that 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 was kind of some of the discussions there. All right. Um, and then one of the ones I, one of the things that I really enjoyed, um, uh, it was a short kind of interview, but um, Sean Black, who's the CEO of oh, yeah. Yeah. Knock, he was interviewed and uh, the interview was about a blog post he wrote um, that basically, I think the title was something like from Knock's journey from a 2 billion valuation to uh, 220 million, 2 billion yeah. to 20. 
And uh, he wrote a blog post in um, Cecilia or Celia? Clelia. 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 See, I always get it wrong. Sorry. Sorry. Um, interviewed him. And he was, you know, he was as candid as his blog post was about yeah. that journey and all these little things that, you know, the business really hasn't changed fundamentally. They're, they're still having success, but these macro things that happen, um, you know, the Delta variant, the, the, the Omni variant, um, the SPAC market being, you know, looked frowned upon, mm -hmm. um, Zillow leaving the offers market, all these things add up to like no IPO and right. your valuation being, you know, cut 90%. Right. Um, right. And, you know, it's just, you know, and then you have to lay off, you know, thousands of people, right? And yeah. we've seen that in a lot of um, companies there. But I, you know, I appreciate that as a business owner listening to another, you know, entrepreneur, business owner. Um, talk about those tough things, right? Because it, yeah. it really kind of cements in your mind that, you know, we're not, it's not all, it's tough out there, right? Yeah, it ain't wine and roses and, you know. It isn't. No, it isn't. It's like, you you know, what did one guy say? I mean, you know, starting a company or running a company is like, it's either like you're the pit of despair or the height of, <laughs> of joy, right? There's no in between sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, it, you know, it's very compact. It was really, you know, Monday and you leave, you know, at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. So, um, but yeah. very compact with that kind of thing. But uh, All right. So uh, let's talk about these things, man, that you yeah. brought up. So why housing shortage until 2024? Like that seems like a pretty specific date. Like who came up with that? And why 2024? No, you know what? It's interesting because I, you know, those two things kind of was, I, I didn't, I haven't really heard anybody put a, put a timeline on it before yeah. that. And that like every, every buyer is going to be a cash buyer. Those are two yeah. things I haven't really heard before. Yeah. Um, you know, in a, in a kind of a, a, like an agreement type of sense. Right. So I don't right. know if it was cognitive dip, you know, everybody was convincing themselves of, of these things, but, um, I don't know if anybody really came up with any hard data to kind of support that, but that was just the vibe of what everybody was talking about. It's like, yeah, two, you know, maybe two, 2025 sounded too long, mm -hmm. but you know, they didn't, you know, the definitely sentiment was, this is not over this year. Right. So well, maybe yeah. the 2024 was a it stretch. just seems optimistic to me as all. Well, yeah, but you're you're on that thing of like every you know it, you know, the, the, we're having a how to shortage forever, right? So I mean, you know, no, not forever. Not forever. I mean, I it's uh, for me, I again I'm just you know, who the hell knows, right? <laughs> Total speculation. I think housing shortage probably lasts until like twenty fifty. Well that's I mean, gee, that's crazy. That's what, what twenty five years or twenty seven years or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I the reason being, I don't think the demographic impact really hits until about then, and it's the only because we're not going to build more. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not going to happen, right? And we're, well, we're one of the themes there too was just this this, you know, the, as somebody was saying there, and this is I probably should have mentioned this is this one of the biggest transfers of wealth that the country's ever seen with the boomers leaving. Yeah, that money to millennials, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and and that having such a great impact on housing as well, um, and the difference, you know, a lot of the a lot of the millennials don't want the houses that that are out there too, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, that transfer wealth is a big thing as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually of the opinion that that transfer wealth is unlikely to have the impact that people imagine unless we change some things like in the very near future. So let, let's just put it real simply, right? <clears throat> when will the boomers start dying off in mass? Right? Because how old are the boomers now? Yeah. Was it the youngest boomers like, you know, 70 or something or not 70? That can't be right. Or the oldest let's boomers? Let's see. Let me look this up. Yeah. How old are boomers today? Okay, boomers are between 57 and 75 years old, right? Born between 1946 and 1964. So the oldest boomers are, say, 75, right? Older than that, I guess you're in the greatest generation. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, so that would be most of, like, congressional leadership, by the way. Uh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, Chuck Schumer. So boomers, I think, are, say, oldest are 75. So, sure, some of them have died. But I don't think we really see them 
you know, leaving this earth mortal coil and uh, leaving their wealth to their to the millennials until probably the next ten years. Okay. Right, because again, yeah. advanced in medicine, um, and again, this isn't like wishing for. It's just human reality. Ain't none of us getting out of this life alive, right? So it's just reality. So I just think, let's say, ten years from now is when the mass transfer or the next ten year will really happen. Cool. Um, right now, millennials are under forty percent uh, home ownership rate. So if the idea is over the next 10 years, as their parents start, you know, uh, dying off and leaving them inheritance and leaving them this wealth, it's going to affect housing. Well, I think most of the wealth is actually in housing, right? A lot of it, I think so, for sure. Right. So, I mean, unless we're talking about like the top 10% of boomers who have stock holdings or company owners, like the vast majority of the wealth of boomers comes from housing. So they're going to have to leave housing for their kids. And I guess the question is, do those millennials want those, right? Or are they going to try and sell it? If they're going to try and sell it, we have this glut, like the inventory crisis is over, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's all going to play out. But here's the more important part, and this is something I, I think I've been sounding the alarm on for a while is, why do we think that there won't be some sort of political action between now and then if homeownership is below 40%. For millennials. Right. And millennials would be the largest voting block. Right? Because the boomers are dying off. Sure, sure. I mean, I, you know, I don't, as you like to say at the beginning, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year? Right. I mean, who things knows? are going to change so, you know, so much. That's why, you know, you kind of laughed at like, what's real estate going to be like in 2030? 2030, yeah. Very, very, very tough to kind of like grasp around on these, you know, yeah. Grand so, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, and then the uh, Cassius King, you know, that part makes me happy because, you know, I feel like I might, I might have an outside chance of still winning my, my bet. Right. Where I said, I buyers give me 60% of the transactions. Well, and people laughed. And so I buyer includes the cash, you know, the, the power buyers, the power buyers. And yeah. it's cool that they called it that. I think I was calling it like the bridge loan model, right? Yeah. Like not pioneer. Well, that was the whole thing about that category. They couldn't come up with a, a name and then I think yeah. power buyers are pretty settled on. Yeah. Yeah. So fine. You know, power buyers. So if it includes that, then yeah, I'm really happy to hear that because uh, I'm going to win my bet. I think I have three years left on my bet. So <laughs> I don't know. Three years for 60%. I don't know, man. I mean, that we'll, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, we'll see I mean, what it's, happens. But it's just a, it's just another model of, it's a financing thing, not really a real estate thing, right? I mean, correct. But yeah. the same thing could be said for, you know, the market maker model too. It's just a yeah. financing thing. It's just having this big institution step in between the buyer and the seller, right? To make, create greater liquidity and greater transparency and greater, that transparency, greater convenience, right? Yeah. So I'm really happy to hear that. Um, you know, listings are gold. I think that's interesting as well. Um, well, at least things are gold in the seller's market, right? So it's not that's not a big thing there. Yeah, it, it even is in the buyer's market, man. Even in the buyer's market, listings were still gold. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think every real estate book ever written, I don't know about mine, but it's it's got to say in there that says listings list to last. To I last. think it's the saying, right? right? I mean, right. for sure. Right. right. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like it's interesting that. Uh, so when you guys are talking about this 2030 vision, did you talk about macroeconomics at all? You know, things like interest rates and monetary money supply. And well, I mean, financial. everybody agreed that, you know, interest rates were going to continue to go up. But it. everybody was also marveled that it didn't seem to affect the appreciation um, you know, so far, um, but we're, you know, knocking on wood to see what would happen later on if it gets over 5% or, or something like that. But even then it's still traditionally or historically, I should say low. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird economy right now. I mean, we just got the jobs numbers and, you know, added what 430 million jobs, but you know, in, in, gas is where it's at and inflation's where it's at. And there's a, I mean, it's so, I mean, what do you, you could pick one of those two things and like just pull on that thread and see what happens. It's just, it's such a weird, weird time. And that's, that's right. a, that's one sense I, I got. It's like, everybody's just like, you know, you get out of the, you get out of the, I think we talked about this before you get out of Omicron, 
you know, we're, we're getting the masks off. We're starting to kind of relate and go back to in, you know, in human, you know, not in yeah. human yeah. connection. And, you know, you start talking about things, but there's a little bit underlying of like, you know, that, you know, it's, it's like, it's like that dog that was hit by its master too many times. So these flinching, mm-hmm. you're just, you're, mm-hmm. you're a little bit, you know, sensitive to stuff. And I think everybody's not whistling through the graveyard, but just trying to keep a good, a good face going forward and, and optimistic, but still cautiously optimistic, right? Because right. there's just no, such a weird things going on right now in the, in right. the world, in the country. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was just curious because, you know, obviously 2030, like, all right. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is like, and, you know, maybe we can segue into this. Um, sure. And, you know, I, 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 it's like one of those things like I talked to you about where I'm pretty, you know, I think that the, the goal of everybody should be like strongly held, um, uh, you know, you want to have this uh, strong opinions, weakly held, strong opinions, weakly held. Thank you. You, you. you came to that. Right. And and this is, I, I've been like on both sides of this damn issue. Yeah. And I think I need you, Rob, to kind of like okay. set me straight or like or put me plant right. somewhere. Right. Give it to me. And this is about, you know, um, and because there's companies right now that are, I mean, apparently after our, our talk with uh, Mr. Campbell from Stevens, like they're making a bet on this, this mm-hmm. kind of what it does. Right. And, and, and maybe it's related and uh, maybe I'm a little bit, uh, I need some clarity here, but about commission compression, mostly on mm-hmm. what's happening with the D- DOJ, mm-hmm. what's happening with the lawsuits mm-hmm. and how that factors into how real estate is is practiced right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think the first thing is just compensation gets taken out of the equation of you know of cooperation and compensation right there's a lot of people that think oh that's gonna be the biggest thing it's gonna affect everything and i mean so many other people like uh no i'm you know i'm gonna pay somebody to help me buy a home Sure. I, I want that expertise. And I don't think, sure. I think it's, there's so much inertia and there's so much tradition. There's so much like value to having a person help me in the largest person, in my home that sure. it's not going to affect a lot of things. Where, sure. where, tell me where you stand, or, I mean, maybe you don't stand anywhere, but. Wh- oh, no, I, I have strong you? opinions on this weekly held. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so walk me through like how, how that is. And then, and then if you could take those things and then tell me, why you think coast what how that relies to to come to like coastar mm-hmm. making the bets that they're making okay whoo big one all right so let's i think this i haven't seen anything to make me abandon my opinions on this my opinion basically is that cooperation compensation will come to an end all right the, or at least a mandatory cooperation compensation will come to an end through government action right okay uh, do i think that that's the right thing to do i don't because I'm not a fan of government, uh, but I think it's going to come to an end, which means buyers will pay their own agents and sellers will pay their agents, right? And I think that's the part where most most people can agree, I think, with that, <clears throat> honestly, um, because it just seems normal. It seems natural. And, okay, you know, let me, let me, can I just stop yeah. there real quick? So yeah. let's say that happens, right? Yeah. And, you know, matter of factly like in in the course of a transaction right now the seller plays all that and that's really just um that's really just uh and i lost my train of thought somebody put something in the chat here hold on (laughs) Uh, that's really just basically a finance thing where since the seller is paying it all that gets wrapped up into the mortgage right so that could also be solved if even if the if the if this if the buyer is paying a separate right. agent separately, just in the closing costs or something, that will That's still right. be wrapped up into the financing of the, right. the the home, right? So, I'm not sure just that breakaway really changes anything. Agreed. Okay, so, right. So the the step one then is this breakaway happens. Okay. Right? <clears throat> and then step two. But before we get to step two, uh, our, our, produ- our producer is telling us that we got to ask once again for our audience to hit subscribe if you're on YouTube because we want to get a name. We want a name. 
right now <laughs> and we need to get we need a thousand out. we need a thousand subscribers to our youtube right. channel to to actually instead of giving it like the ampersand vcx yeah. 753 question yeah. mark slash yeah. to actually yeah. say industry relations so we'd, we'd exactly. appreciate some help there guys right so if you if you're listening to this on a audio podcast please come find us on youtube and and subscribe to a channel we just want a name after that we'll be done asking probably maybe all right please so step two Having said that, step two is, okay, now that you have compensation separated, buyers are paying their people, sellers are paying their people. The issue there, I think, is just first principles is just normal human nature. If you are paying someone to help you buy something, you would never incentivize them to drive the price of that thing up, right? Right. So commission on the buy side will go away. It will get replaced by something else. It will get replaced by something like you know, hourly rate, right? It'll get replaced by flat fee. It'll get replaced by, you know, um, maybe something like some incentive, like, look, uh, amount of money can save me under listing. Like if it's listed for a million and you let me buy for 900,000, I'll give you 20% of the $100,000 difference, something like that. Obviously, as you and I both know, for the foreseeable future, you will not be going under this price. (laughs) So, you know. But just as a conceptual matter, I'm saying if I'm paying someone to help me buy something, I'm certainly not going to pay him on the you know price of the thing that I bought. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, literally incentivizing you to drive the price higher, right? Whereas right. if you're working for me, I want you to negotiate to drive the price lower. So I'm more likely to pay you by the hour, you know, or something along that nature, right? <clears throat> so once agents start getting paid by the hour, I think that results in commission compression. Straight up, right? And it's not clear to me that you end up with something like this exclusive buyer representation type concept once you're on a per hour basis, right? Because then it's like, okay, maybe I use five different agents on the buy side. And those agents, what do you care? Because you're getting paid for your time, right? Right. So maybe you have some agent who's like an expert in negotiation, so I'm going to pay you for the negotiation piece. There's an agent who's an expert at the post-contract process. I'm going to pay you for that piece. Maybe there's an agent who really knows the neighborhood. So while I'm going around looking at houses, I'm going to pay you. Do you know what I mean? Like I could see that sort of thing happen. It could be just a boon for real estate attorneys. It, it could right? be. Yeah. Right. I mean, because I know, you know, living, it was difference coming from the West coast to go live on the East coast for a while. When I was down in South Florida and Boca Raton, right. there were a lot of transactions where, you know, they'd bring an agent on, but every, but also a real estate attorney. Right. Right. And I was just shocked by that. But I mean, a lot of, it doesn't happen a lot on the West coast, but out there it was like almost a right. common occurrence. Right. But it right. could be that, but I could mean, be. I think, I think, but you know, there's, so there's at a minimum. So step of three. Let's just be clear. That's step okay. three, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Good. You, you say they go to hourly or they go to some sort of different thing. Something, I still right. think that there's going to be agents, and this is the difference, I guess, that, no, you want to work with me, it's 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 2%, right? What I mean, mean, I think, well, that, you know, that I think there could be, there could be a model, some agents will still stick to a model of being in a percentage-based even though what you're saying is true, it's just that's okay. what they're going to that's what sure. they're going to command. Sure. Or sure. maybe they're just going to do the math in their head and says, "Well, my fee for doing this house for you is going to be X," and they've already done that calculation in their sure. head, right? So, sure. So um, then, so then that that flows right into step four, though, right? Because step four is then we're going to see list uh, compression on the listing side as well. Why? Because now listing agents can't go to their clients and say, listen, I'm going to charge you two, you know, two and a half percent, but we have to offer out two and a half percent. Now it's just strictly, I'm going to charge you two and a half percent to list and market and sell your house for you. Right. Okay. Now we have such a thing as competition though. Because <clears throat> some agents going to walk into the same seller right after you leave and say, I'll do it for one and a half. And then the agent after them is going to come in and say, I'll do it for one. Right. And the agent after this said, look, I'll just do it for $5,000 flat fee. Right. And, and, and to be fair, on both sides of this, on the listing compensation Bingo. and the buyer's compensation, we Bingo. already have this going on now. Right. But it's, it's called, that called, it's the, it's called right. Redfin. It's called those things. And sure. still, overwhelmingly, people choose to go with the, the traditional model now. Why do you think that that would change later on? Because I think the steering will stop. 
I think the reason right, why. So, so, okay, so the steering meaning you think that agents are, and again, I can't, you know, I can't believe this because we talked about this before where all the listings are online. Mm-hmm. And if an agent doesn't show a listing to a, a one of their clients mm-hmm. and she, that, that, that client saw it on, on Zillow or Redfin and asked why, yeah. You know, the you're saying the agent's going to lie, and let's say the reason why the agent want to show it is because it was a lower mm-hmm. uh, offering, right? Um, yeah, I I, well, I just don't believe that's happening as, as dude, widespread. As there's absolutely no question it's happening right now. We know it's happening. What we don't know is how widespread is it, right? Right. You know, we want to believe that it's a very small, tiny minority of agents who do that kind of shit. But look, it's not some secret. I mean, they're they're fucking publicly posting their L's online. Like I could literally go every single day to Facebook into some group or another and see some agent say some shit about, you know, the, can you believe the nerve of this listing agent only offering out one percent? You know, I'll be damned before I show my client this house and some shit. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. I, there there are mind. some outliers there. I just, I guess, where we disagree is like I know we agree how that is, how prevalent it is, right? right? I mean, you seem to be in the more prevalent side. I'm, I'm really on the least. No, prevalent. no, no. I don't, I don't. All I'm saying is it happens. Right. Okay. And the perception that it happens is potentially more important. So that as a listing agent, as a buyer agent, you would go to clients and say, hey, listen, this is the way it works. And look, I'm going to do the right thing by you, but you have to understand that the industry is filled with crooks and they're going to do all this shit. So we got to, we're going to have to do these types of things. That all goes away. So going forward, it just simply becomes listing agents saying, I'm going to charge you this to provide you this service. Buyer agents saying, I'm going to charge you this to provide you these services. And then it's competition between buyer agents, you know, amongst them and the listing agents amongst them. Right. So then, so then, yeah, go ahead. The selling agents then, but the selling agents, it's, it's almost the opposite where, you know, the commission, a commission based thing is a good thing, right? Because it can get, you know, it's performance-based in a sense, right? Right, right. I think listing side will probably still be commission-based because again, then from a seller standpoint, I want to incentivize my rep to get the prices high. That's right. It's just on the buy side, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Right. So I think we see commission compression on the buy side through that, but on the listing side, then commission compression happens simply through competition, right? Because Redford will come along with 1%, somebody will come along with flat fee, somebody will come along. And then it just becomes normal competition. Like, look, man, look, I I charge two and a half percent because I'm offering luxury, you know, fucking Mercedes level of service. If you want the Honda, if you want the Kia, go go with that, you know, whatever, $5,000. It's the exact same thing as lawyers. It's the exact same thing as tax prep guys. You know, if you want H&R Block, go and do H&R Block, right? We handle sophisticated clients with sophisticated needs, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump from those. This is great because right. I think this is going to be way beneficial for a lot of people here because yeah. I think the way you're explaining is, is fantastic. Thank so you. let's jump into business models now, like yeah. you know, really talking about the future, yeah. right? So the one that we've been talking about a lot is, is, is CoStar, right? With this, you're listing your lead, right? And as I remember our conversations with... Um, Mr. Campbell from Stevens, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they look at the world differently than a lot because they are looking at the TAM of increasing like, you know, some crazy number because right. they look at, it's not that you're selling subscriptions to agents, right. but it's also it's property. Right. Right. So in their mind that the seller is going to pay for enhancing the property, the seller directly. Right. That's what they believe. That's what they believe, right? And and what we talked about, in order to, for that to actually come to fruition, and this is where a lot of people, I think, have a disconnect. In order for that to come to fruition, you, you have or others have been tying it to like this, this separation of buyer compensation. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you can you walk us through like how uh, how does that strategy work when you've just talked about where you think sellers' commissions should be. Um, a commission-based, you know, a percentage, right? Right. How, how is how is a seller's, you know, a listing agent's commission should be? How does how does this? Why is this? How is it? When would a seller ever pay for direct, you know, marketing on a on a on a on on that portal? Well, I mean, I think we the examples. What's interesting about it is what CoStar is is saying that they want to do is the dominant model in the rest of the world. 
right? It's actually what Zillow does that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world, right? So if you look at it, REA well, Group, Realtor.com, you know, hmm? Realtor.com, other other sites besides yeah, Zillow, yeah. Yeah. Realtor, yeah. right? Both of those guys. But my point simply is, if you look at like you know, Right Move in the UK, REA Group in Australia, you know, other international portals, that's actually the model that they all use. Why? Because there's no such thing as buy side com- uh, compensation, right? Okay, so, but, but again, if if I'm if I'm a seller, if I'm selling right. my house and I hire an agent to help sell my house, right, and they're going to be paying a commission for me, right, I'm going to be paying them commission to do so, right, and then the agent says to me, and again, these are just questions I get, right? Sure, sure. Uh, let's the, this, in fact, if, let's if, role play this. Yeah, okay, no, you're, you're the owner. I'm the yeah, agent. I'm the owner. It's like, hey, Rob, I I see your signs everywhere. I want to hire you. Yep. yep. Um, what do you charge? Okay, so I charge uh, three different models, Greg. Okay. I charge the full uh, service platinum, and it's going to be three percent. Okay. I charge the mid-level gold; it's two percent, and then I charge silver; that's one percent. Okay. With platinum, you know, three percent, I will pay your co-star fees. You know, because I have a special, uh, you know, professional deal, right? So I could probably buy those ads way cheaper than you can, right? So I'll take care of that. Out of, I'll pay for it, and you know, we're going to make up for that. At the gold level, I'm going to pay 50%. You're going to pay the other 50%. At the silver level, it's all on you, right? So you don't have to do any of this advertising, but here's my records, here's stats showing that when you do promote on the portal, your chances of selling are 20% higher and you're going to get 6% higher uh, results in your sale price. You pick. Okay. That's how that goes. Right? Okay. So I think... I think CoStar that- will make money on that. There's no doubt. Well, I- but let me throw some doubt, right? Sure. So in this world, we all know that even if, if buyer compensation goes away, and again, they can do that now. I mean, if, if that if that homes.com with this new model was running, they could do that now, right? Who is they? The listing agent. They could have three levels of service. They could, but the issue is... Today, it has to be like this. So today, it's, hey, what do you charge? Hey, I charge 3%, 2%, 1%, Greg. But by the way, you're also going to want to offer out 25 to 3% to the buyer agent. Okay. Now your cost is 6%, dude. Right. Okay, but I mean, still, you know, if, if uh, homes.com is going to launch, and they're right. going to launch with this model of right. having the seller pay for right. enhancing the listings. Right, right, right. Right. Oh, Okay, so that's the the next step. They can't really dominate in that space, right? Until they put a hurt on Zillow. Right. So that's the asteroid we talked about before. That's right? the asteroid we're talking about, right? And so the issue becomes this. Would you pay to promote something, you know, to bump your property up, right? In so, a real okay. way. Wait, this hold on. Is- in a, this, this part's important. In a real way, this is a little bit like search engine marketing, right? Where some businesses will pay a lot of money to do the paid, you know, inclusion, paid search, right, SEM, because it has results. And they're like, we'll bid XYZ on Google. Does that work if Google's not the dominant portal with like 95% of search traffic? I don't think it does. Right? If Google only owned like a third and Bing had, the, had a third and, you know, whatever, DuckDuckGo has a third, then I don't think, I don't think that works. Right. And the situation we have in real estate today is Zillow is dominant, but what power is Zillow? What's underlying Zillow? It's 600 MLSs. Right. So as a seller, why would I pay to promote my listing on one website when the entire world is going to get and see my listing for sale? Whether that's on Zillow or on coldobanker.com or on whatever, because the MLS exists. Yeah, so this is, Rob, I think, uh, honestly, this is going to be one of the best podcasts we've done here because I've had really? numerous conversations. No, I'm serious because I don't think people get this. But l- let me just go back. I've only been talking about for like six years. No, like, but I think there's a connection here that I'm going to I'm gonna highlight right now that I think people yeah. miss. Okay. I don't, you're, and I, I know how you can look at it different ways, but it's it's not really, CoStar doesn't win because of, Buyers compensate buyers agent compensation going away. CoStar wins when Zillow fails, right? And the instrument to make that happen 
is this is this rule change is this policy change right? part of it right part but of it. really if but but if zillow keeps existing if zillow keeps generating traffic yeah if they figure out a way to like okay well this has gone away we're going to change our business model we've got all, all the people come mm -hmm. here anyway if they're able to successfully navigate through that thing mm -hmm. even if you you know through these changes and i i think they're smart people and i think they can, they're capable of do that right uh, and they've got all the momentum they've got the you know they're not first mover status but they're freaking you know that yeah. type of player yeah co-star loses even if even if the if these rule changes you know make an effect right. it's not it's not really the policy that makes all that makes co-stars win it's it really that policy and zillow's failure to right um react to that that's how they win if zillow if zillow's around here in 10 years co-stars not you know homes.com is not around here or right. nobody's going to be paying to up. Nobody's going to paying to upsell their to you know. No seller is going to pay directly to an agent to to make their listings look pretty mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. on homes.com. If everybody's still going to fucking Zillow, they're right. just going to go. Why would I do that? Everybody's right. going to go to Zillow anyway. Right. And I'll pay Zillow. There. Right. No, you're exactly right. So to me, the way I see this, it's not simply that. It's 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 the logic goes like this. Okay, as long as the MLS exists, then there's no reason to promote and pay for listings on homes.com. There just isn't. So when the asteroid hits, the MLS will have to die. So, I mean, that's a bold statement there. I wouldn't go that far because you're saying in order for CoStar to win, the MLS must die. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think, Why? Why? I think that an MLS can survive. And I think we've been talking about this for a while. If, if it becomes just cooperation and not compensation. Right. I think there's a way forward for the MLS to keep I, going. I'm not even sure what that means necessarily. Well, you know what it's I'll called? It's called Northwest MLS, Rob. I, but they have but, plenty but, of competition. But, but I mean, it's it's Northwest MLS. This has happened. This is happening. I don't. No, I, I'm not. I, I, I guess all I'm saying is, what exactly is cooperation without compensation? The idea that you're going to show the house when a buyer agent calls, like, what are we talking about? Well, you know, it's, I mean, again, let's talk to the seventy thousand agents that belong to Northwest MLS. It seems to be they keep on doing it for some reason. Right, they they do it because they want you know uh, accurate record of souls, so they can do CMAs. They do it so that they can have one place to go to to, to search but all the properties. For sale. Is that cooperation or is that just? Well, data? it's still it's, there's some organization that needs to do that, and the MLS sure, sure. they've trusted MLS uh, Northwest MLS to do that. They've been doing a good job, so that that keeps going forward. Now, if you want to talk about how some MLSs might go away because they're not well run, well, I think brokers will probably form something else or th those those kind of organizations yeah. for sale but not the entire industry as we know it um i mean i mean it's it, happening what you what we're this this asteroid that hit yeah has hit fucking seattle and fucking things are okay i don't think it has i really don't because seattle northwest mls just it's optional you don't have to offer cooperation compensation right 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 hello yeah, you're, okay. you're correct. You don't have to, it's, and, but you, you may offer no, no compensation. But why would, they, why would anybody offer something they didn't, they didn't feel they needed to? Because blacklisting and steering. Again, so it goes back to that a little bit, right? It, it really does, right? And sort of the industry kind of practice. Because look, if it's just Seattle, right? And you're Redfin, and you're like, okay, well in Seattle, we don't have to, but everywhere else we're working, we have to. If you're EXP, same thing. You know, and it's like the expectation, it's just, but what I'm saying is if, if it's like an FTC regulation that comes out and says, you are not allowed to offer compensation, it yeah. is against the law. Okay, now the 70,000 people in Seattle are going to look, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I belong to this. I, I, I understand, and I'm, I'm probably a little bit more, I understand where you're coming from, and I, I, I can see, and I, I, I'm now more understanding talking to you why other people get confused by this. Yeah. But I would say, I would look at it a little differently and, and, and to say it this way is that in, in order for a model like CoStars to win, any other model, an Australian model, what do you want to call it to yeah, win yeah, here? Yeah. Zillow has to lose. Zillow has to lose, right? And and hold on. I think you you think that the only reason Zillow's around is MLSs. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that the I think the MLSs, I don't think the, that that MLSs have to die for CoStar to win. I think Zillow has to fuck up um, uh, hugely. So let, let me try and, to, uh, to, to, again, to really the, lose. 
these are opinions weekly held, right? No, I know. So, okay. I mean, this is, I this like is this, a, I'm this, telling yeah, you, Rob, this is what, this right. is, this, this is, is a great conversation. Logic in my mind, right? It goes like this. It's not that Zillow has to lose. It's that the MLS have to go away, right? Because CoStar right. wins if it is the MLS. The well, okay. By, 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 okay. So let's just separate right. two things. If, if the MLS can get over the breakage of cooperation compensation right. and that's where it hits and, and the MLS survives. Okay. Oh, all right. right. And the MLS survives. That means right. Zillow survives. Correct. That means in, but, that, that, that's fine. Right. right. But if Zillow, if MLS survives and Zillow fucks up, I don't Co-Star, see hold on. If the MLS survives and Zillow fucks up because right. CoStar does a better job at what they're doing. Sure. Right. I still sure. think, you know, CoStar could win with with the MLS is surviving. It, you know, and and publicly, CoStar has been saying that they want the MLS there. They want to get data from one one certain source, right? So sure. So so again, it's a little bit different what you're saying. You're saying in order for CoStar to win, the MLS must must die. I think there's a yeah. scenario. The scenario is Zillow fucks up, the MLS lives, and CoStar is there to kind of they've executed better than Zillow and they win. So with the MLS the still intact, let's not, say not the MLS cooperation and cooperation, cooperation yeah, all gone, right. go away, but it's that's still all there. Gone. Right, that's yeah. all gone. Right, so that's gone. You're not allowed to share commissions. Okay, and the MLS survives. To your point, right? right. Okay, then why would anyone pay to promote listings on CoStar on, on uh, Homes.com? Because well, that listing, wait, because that listing will be available to a thousand websites through the MLS. Yeah, but. Uh, Granted, but it's aggregation theory, right? It could be spread out anywhere. But if some if some entity like CoStar does a good job of aggregating that content and giving a good well, presentation of that, right? Like sure. Amazon books are available everywhere. I mean, you know, you can do that. But if, if you, it's no, very it's convenient, not, I mean, this, it might be a bad example there. It's, but it's a I'm really saying, bad example because no, think of it this way. Let's say Amazon is reliant on a database. <laughs> So this is actually like aggregation theory works if you're the aggregator. If you're an, if you're aggregating from another source, that's a different deal. No, that's all that aggregation aggregators do. They're all aggregate. That's what the the word wow. aggregation means. They're coming from different sources and putting it in, in disparate sources and putting it in one place, right? No, no, Amazon no. is buying. They don't make shoes. They don't make all these things they well, i guess they do now but i mean they right. they're aggregating all these things into one place right so no what i was i guess what the mls industry is, does not have a portal uh i i would argue that the mls industry does have a portal now and it's called zillow okay but the mls right. could have a portal then if zillow fails and it could be called costar right so all i'm saying is like it, it's it's that you have it the other way around I, that's all i'm getting at right you, you, what you seem to be saying is when if zillow fucks up and the MLS survives, then CoStar can win, right? We're going to get to Zillow fucking up, but I'm saying even before that, but if there's no Zillow and there's an MLS, right? And that's the aggregation point. That's where all the data goes. That's where people enter listings. That's where people go to do CMA. That's where people go. And the MLS will then send its listings out to whoever wants it. Well, not to whoever wants it, to brokers or through syndication. Sure, brokers through syndication. Then, then I don't think CoStar can actually win. Right. And that's doubly so when there is an aggregator already in place. Right. So maybe this is different. Maybe CoStar doesn't, you know, can do this if Zillow didn't exist. Right. So CoStar's coming in yeah. with homes.com. Yeah. And the only websites that exist are a bunch of broker websites, exactly the way it was when Zillow appeared on the scene for the first time. Then, yeah, maybe CoStar just, okay, we're going to aggregate everything. And then we're just going to go with your listing, your lead, and then do our business model. And sure. Right. Problem is that an aggregate already exists. So That's what I've been saying. Has, right. So yeah. CoStar has to bring down their aggregator, right? Here's the thing. There is no there's no reasonable um, outcome where CoStar overtakes Zillow just through normal competition blocking and tackling. Well, they, right? yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, they're yeah. going to hire some celebrity and then uh, all of a sudden take yeah. over all the, put some commercials yeah. together and, and take over all that traffic. Right? They're, they're just, you know, and like, let's, let's say they come out with some design that is so much better than Zillow, right? And it's way user-friendly and it's just a better website. That doesn't kill Zillow, right? It just hurts Zillow, right? And then Zillow goes, okay, we're going to spend more money on design and UI. We're going to copy what Holmes did, right? I mean... And that natural competition. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see it right? happening ever. You're right. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't see it. In order to do, it, you have to kill it somehow, 
right? You have to strike yeah. it as weak spot. So, so let's go. So, let's so, say, so that's okay. So no, let's, let, let's say you're right. Let's say you're right. Okay. So yeah. why the fuck would coast would would any MLS system right. do business with HomeSnap, Homes.com at all? As opposed to who? Because this well, isn't. Think about this. This isn't CoStar or Homes.com or any of these guys coming after the MLS. Right. Let's make that real clear. Those guys are fully backing the MLS. Those guys are saying, we are a friend to the MLS. We're going to do everything in the world for the MLS. They're not the ones killing it. Right. The ones killing the MLS is the government. Right. Well, again, you know, we have to like, you know, posit that the basic taking away cooperation and i think we disagree here i think you can i think it's been shown you can break away those things and i know i understand your nuance of, of it's you know are not required to put a compensation right, on versus think prohibited there's a huge difference I, again we'll agree to disagree on that point i think there's still a really? world an mls can can <laughs> there's a there's a world that that the mls could survive without having those two things cooperation and compensation i think there's still a role for them out there right let's um, get into that after fine so let's just say that's all i'm saying is i want to make this really clear because for whatever reason you know, there's one uh, guy at Costa who thinks like I'm bashing on Costa. Like, no, I'm making it really clear. Costa is my friend to the MLS. They want to do business with the MLS. Costa is not the ones that's posing a threat to the MLS. It's the United States government that is posing a threat to the MLS. And Costa would like to be there to be the MLS's best friend, white knight, you know, the shoulder to cry on when the government comes in and spanks your ass. So when right. you say, well, why would any MLS do? Well, who are you doing business with? Like, okay, what's the so, alternative here? Yeah. Okay. So, so, but in the in the framework that we're talking with, we both believe that if Zillow's still around, CoStar mm -hmm. never wins. Correct. All right. So. Correct. So let's go to step two. Okay, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, so we now, now you're but but and and presumably either CoStar doesn't believe this, right? They might be that bold and like oh no we got smart people zillow's not that big a deal we're gonna we beat him in rentals we're gonna beat him right. at this right right so you have to believe that there's that's the sincerity of what they're coming at and they're saying we can do this with with the with the with the model that we have with the mls surviving and you know that you have to believe they're coming in genuine like that okay mm -hmm. um and, and and to me that's a stretch right that you and i agree that's what what wait what do you it's mean? not a stretch that they're being sincere like it's a stretch that they're actually going to execute on that strategy that's what we I don't believe. i don't understand the logic here all i'm saying is co-stars coming and saying we are friends to the mls we pose no threat right we want to work with the mls's right they're not saying we're going to defend you from the federal government no 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 i'm not saying that what i'm what i'm getting at is that um you and I both agree that if Zillow's still around, CoStar is not going to be able to execute. No, no, it's it's they they can't become REA Group if Zillow's still around. Right, they, but I mean, what do they become? They, they could become a third tier, you know, they just a become, third right, website. They become Realtor.com. Yeah, they're not going to be right. the the winner overall. Okay, Correct. that's a good clarification. Correct. All right. So All right. they need to be number one. So so here's the issue. The issue is you need to find a silver bullet. Right. When you're going up against the top aggregator, and there are there are cases in internet history where that's happened, right? Yahoo used to be the dominant search portal. Yeah. And then Google came in and murdered them, took it over. Right. MySpace existed, and then Facebook came in and took them out. Right. Um, there are cases like this. So the issue is okay, if I'm co-star and I'm coming and say I need to take out Zillow, right? That's our true competition. How do I take them out? They have such a lead on us. Right. They have the traffic. They have good design. They have money. They have technology. They have developers. For them to then come in, and Andy's too smart for this, in my opinion, to say, we're just going to outdo them. <laughs> nah, man. You're not going to just outdo them. You're not going to just, you know, beat Zillow's traffic because, you know, because you have a better, cleaner website or some shit. You know what I mean? Redfin's website is a lot better than Zillow's in many, many ways. You'll have Zillow people admit that, and Redfin doesn't beat Zillow, right? So you okay. need something else. What's that something else? That's all I'm saying. Right? Yeah, okay, I, I get you. So, yeah, I don't, you know, I think and that, I think that's a good thing to clarify your right. your your position there, right? You're not but saying, 
you're so let's saying, pivot a little bit. Let's okay. rotate because this part's important because there's step two, right? And I said you reversed this. Step two is this. Zillow knows this, okay? Zillow's not stupid. They see this as coming. Compensation is really under threat. They got to figure something out. Why? Because the minute that goes away, Zillow's premier agent business goes away. It evaporates, right? Because who the, who the hell is going to pay for buyer leads that I have to then convince those buyers to pay me? Right. So, you know, th- th- I mean, you're, you're saying that change um, affects cur- Zillow's current business model. Business sure. model, yeah. right. It doesn't affect their traffic, but it affects their business model. Well, it, I mean, they have different business models. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, the flex thing is a little bit different, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Flex right? is still buy side for the most yeah, part. That's true. Right. <laughs> so all I'm saying is Zillow's whatever billion dollar a quarter IMT business is tremendously under threat. So the, the fuck up, as you put it, I'm not sure what you mean by it. For me, it comes down to, as Zillow, can you somehow ride two horses with one ass? Right, And this is a problem that a lot of companies have when they're industry leaders. Like Kodak, for example, had a major problem with this. So you know, <clears throat> this is like famous in the annals of business history. Kodak actually came up with digital photography. It was an engineer at Kodak who came up with digital photography, right? And they couldn't do anything with it because they're such a ginormous business in their film division, right? So they just kind of didn't do much with it and then obviously went on and killed the film division. You're, you're, you're muted. You're muted. It's, that, it's exactly that. It's the innovator's de- dilemma. There's Correct. been books written on this. Yeah. Correct. Sure. And Zillow, I think, is right square in the, in the, in the pinch of that right now. Yeah. They realize they have to pivot to the seller product somehow. They have to realize they have to do this at some point because the threat is coming not from CoStar, not from the MLSs, but from the FN government. Yeah. And they know. But the question is, can they make that pivot? Today, what can Zillow do to make that pivot? Today. So let's say I'm Rich Barton. I see this coming clear as day, right? What can I do, right? Before uh, Q3 of last year, I think he was betting on iBuying. I think he was betting on to sellers, we can go and say, we will buy your house for cash. Okay, you can't do that anymore. Now what? You can't do your lead, uh, you know, uh, your listing, your lead, because that kills your IMT business, right? So if you're Zillow, how do you make this pivot? Right. Yeah. So, no, I mean, we're, they, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly sure they're all trying to figure that out or, or exactly. they, they have figured it out and they're just waiting to kind of implement that for sure. Right. right? So, so here's, here's the um, second challenge though. Right. So maybe the, the strategy is something like this. Look, we're going to ride this uh, buy side commission horse as long as we can. Right. When the FTC or the government comes in and smacks this down, we're going to jump ship. We're going to launch our, you know, you're listing your lead product at that point. Okay. The issue then becomes, and this is where it's not a fuck up issue. It's not a, I think it's just a strategic dilemma issue is imagine the level of communication, PR, and marketing that Zillow would have to do to overcome 10 years of Zillow hate that's been built up. Right? That is not, I, 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 I don't know how, like, that's beyond blocking and tackling, right? That's beyond blocking and tackling. And yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, they, they were, they're they successful in saying, you know, of, of overcoming the whole thing of, you know, um, we're not going to be a broker and became a broker. And that mm-hmm. didn't, and, and if that didn't ha- cause people to fucking jump ship and lose their fucking minds, and they did for a while, I mean, they're, they're remarkably resilient in that, right? So, sure. um, I'm not saying they can't do it, right? All I'm saying is I can, I can lay out step-by-step, step, right, the strategic progress. What is central to this is at the MLS. So for Zillow, so let's put it the other way. For Zillow, they have to have the MLS survive in some fashion, right? Um. Well, I mean, they would they have to have the MLS survive to continue with the with the business um, you know, method that they're using now. Correct. Yes, right. Right. I mean, 
every every business has to adjust to the market. So um, if if that if that if their practices don't work anymore, they're going to have to shift. But in order to survive now, you know, with the business model they have now, yes, they have to have the MLS survive. Sure, right. Yeah, they have to have the MLS survive in some fashion, or if not, at a minimum, they cannot let CoStar become the MLS. Yeah. So so just to wrap it around here. So to me, the bet that. Andy Florence is making is that, and I think what did he call it a call option or something? Like, right. I thought I thought that was brilliant, but yes. he can go into this market and he could probably become a third, maybe second tier person. You know, portal make some money, do whatever. Yep. But the reason why he's going to say, okay, that's going to be okay. I'm not going to lose that much money i'm going to lose some money but not that much money mm-hmm. is because now there's an opening now where right. if i do this right i can also be, i can i have a chance of being number 1 right right so you know and and while you're saying you know in order for them to win um the mls must die it's not because of you know them trying to kill something it. No, that no. they're doing it's something no. that the government's doing correct yeah it's something right. the government's doing something the market's going to do and costar will then Here's what CoStar wants to be, right? CoStar wants to be like the best friend, you know, the boyfriend you didn't have kind of deal, right? To be the shoulder to cry on, to be the support when the floor drops out, right? And I think that's what CoStar's strategy is, which is, and we'll see. I mean, Inman's coming up. I'm real curious to see what the parties look like there, right? (laughs) Um, You know, and Zillow would love to then be in that position. So right now, I think both of them are jockeying to be that shoulder to cry on, to be that white knight, to come in and rescue you when the government comes in and fucking smacks your shit, right? Right. And now the big challenge for Zillow, now the big problem for Zillow is that they have to deal with 10 years of quite frankly was unfair Zillow hate. Right. That coast wasn't. Right. Which is why I think that's why I've said in previous things. I mean, right now, I think CoStar wins. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to because Zillow's made up of really smart people, you know? And I think they see this. If they didn't see it until now, they see it after listening to this. Right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I, I'm pretty certain that they see it. The question is, what can you do about it? Because now the challenge for Zillow is even if you do see this, are you willing to risk your billion dollars a quarter, <laughs> you know, buyer fed? advertising business in order to go after sort of a listing seller side fed business that you know it's it's real speculative until the world changes right so if you're not willing to do that today then you have to be willing to and able to do it the minute that the shoe drops right and i don't even know what that looks like yeah and then then you have nar and all this right and and i think you know they have a big stake in this and um they like to cut deals. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe those deals weren't. You know, that last one wasn't a wasn't right. you know was shredded right. up. But you know, I, I think that the wild card here is is that with the government, can they make it? A, does the fact that they make compensation optional, mm-hmm. which which you know in this in your case because it's not like removed whatever, but is kind of a compromise, right? Right. Can can they? Can they cut a deal like that to keep the thing going a little bit status quo, right? That's I mean, that's going to be where uh, we'll we'll see what happens, right? I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I mean, I don't yeah. even know. What, do the government want to really even fuck with the real estate industry right now with uh, everything else going on? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a fascinating thing, and I I really appreciate because when I have conversations with people, I get like I just you know a few times got caught yeah. up in knots here. Um, but I think people listening to this, um, I think this is a great conversation. They, yeah. it, they'll probably do it like I do on a lot of podcasts. I go back 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, I thought I got that. What was that? Yeah. And you know, I, I need to hear it seven times to yeah. kind of get it sometimes, but um, well, listen, I mean, like, topic. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me, let me be a show master for a second here. Like I wrote a hundred page paper on CoStar, why they entered the real industry when it did. And I laid out most of these things and my opinions haven't changed on most of this. I mean, it's on my website. It's a red dot report. If people really want to know, like, I think I cut the price on it too because it's old. Like, oh, there you go. Old. 
go go read that you know and then you know get in touch with us and see what you want to do um i mean i'd be happy to do like a live stream q a just on this if people are that interested because yeah. it's it seems really complicated but it's really not it's pretty straightforward and it's like step by step by step by step there are unknowns but we know that they're unknown. No, and I think beyond the report, I don't think I've heard a conversation or had been in one that is as we've done here, laid it out yeah. um, um, so succinctly. So yeah, this is yeah. great. Thank you, Rob. Oh my God, can you imagine? Like we've already gone like way over. I think. Yeah. Although one of these days, man, we got to do like some Joe Rogan style four hour thing, and you know, <laughs> just to see where it goes. But, yeah. Well, that's that's you know, I'm gonna need a you know some better seating and and some other. <laughs> something else to keep me going for i need more coffee then (laughs) yeah but uh any event hey uh if you have listened to this uh little chat up until now once again we uh we implore you to help us get our name so please uh come to visit youtube and click subscribe so we could get our name all right and uh otherwise yeah thanks for joining us for this yeah uh, thanks everybody all right bye everyone bye